0: Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and presenter. Today we have with us Carrie Bacham. She's back once again. Super excited to have you, Carrie. And we are chatting about micro themes. We're going to get into that in a second. But before we do, uh, let's have Carrie introduce herself here on episode 111.
1: Woohoo. So, our three ones, good luck.
0: Yeah. I think so. Like, why not?
1: We say so, right? Yeah. Um, Hi, everybody. I'm Carrie Baucom. I'm a 6th, 7th, and 8th grade special education teacher in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, Illinois.
0: Yay. I'm clapping. I'm clapping for everybody. (laughs) We're excited to have you back, Carrie. I absolutely love chatting gamification with you. Uh, That's really, like, part of well-played for me is I love having new guests on, and that's fantastic. But I do love having some, some of my repeat guests on uh, Build a Little Familiarity. And Carrie, you're just one of those that I love having on. So thank you for being on once again.
1: Always. I always love being here.
0: All right. So everyone out there who's listening to Well Played, and I can't make the joke that none of you are listening anymore because honestly, every like week, more and more people listening. Thank you so much for sharing this out on social media. And and bringing other people to this to this podcast, it's truly an honor. Uh, But for those of you listening here on episode 111, we are talking these micro themes. And if I was to break that down a little bit, what Carrie and I are talking about here is like little gamification. I mean, you could look at it that way. Like, if you just want to, like, dip your toe, what's a tiny little slice of gamification you do? And for people like Carrie and I who do a lot of gamification, a micro theme is, is you could probably better describe it as, like, a chapter of a book. You know, like, mm-hmm. you're in, you're inside this big world, and but here's this little vignette, this little story that's going to happen here in this unit, in this activity. Uh, but it is... A different story. It's it's breaking from the mold. It doesn't have to be like complete different world. It can be, but like mm-hmm. but it is kind of off the beaten path. It's a little different than what you normally do in your world. You've you've changed the rules a wee bit, uh, a different activities happening. So mm-hmm. with that said, Carrie, what's what's a vignette you've done in the past or one that you're doing now that just really resonates with with you and with the kids and, and something you think the well played audience would love?
1: Mm-hmm. Um I think my most favorite vignette that I can I can think back to is probably a couple of years ago and I don't um remember what the theme of my main game was because it's grown so much, you know, um over the years. It was probably I think it was like a movie a movie theme or something like that. Um but I have a great love for zombies and all things nice. you know, the walking dead and things like that. And I remember I also was in this like um obsession with like mini games, like these offset games that you can throw onto things, which I kind of think goes along with what we're talking about. Right. Um, And we had a student that um, wasn't in my class, but had a class, the same class period, but he hated math class. He hated math. So um, the teacher of that class that he was in and I were talking and I'm like, you know, we're doing this. I'm going to do this zombie game. Cause I had taken one of your ideas with the sunset. And Uh so students had to solve as many problems as they could Using as many survival tools as they could before the zombies would come out at night when the sun set. And so she heard about this. um, And she's like, Oh my gosh, I think the student might really do like might actually enjoy math if he was, you know, trying to beat the zombies with your class. So I set up this whole video where I was sitting in my classroom and lights were dim. I was like, oh my gosh, the zombies are coming. And I made like these, you know, the sound effects like the um, the warning signs and then the oohing, and the eyeing. And so what the teacher did was took the video and closed the laptop and left it in her classroom with a note that said, open immediately. And so he opened it up and he heard me saying, you need to come and you need to help. The zombies are coming, the zombies are coming. And so he ran into our classroom and that, like, set the stage for the whole activity. He was going to help us beat the zombies with all of our, you know, survival tools. And that was it was just an amazing experience, just setting the stage of that we're, we were going to beat the zombies, which meant that they had to either work together or by themselves using their math knowledge to solve as many math problems as they could before the sun went down. So it was just that is probably one of my most favorite memories of you know really theming something to build suspense to build engagement and then get your students to just use everything that they've learned in that class period or that at that in that moment to really see them bring out the best in themselves
0: i love it i mean that story has so many like components there and, and so many game mechanics at play i mean you can really see that you are a master at uh, weaving these different techniques, I mean, from the timer to sort of the the actual theme and the storyline that's going on there the the hyped sense of like urgency that 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 played into that with a mix of the theme as well as the timer, uh, but all centered around curriculum, all centered around like mm-hmm. doing what needed to happen. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, for me, I have to say, being a social studies teacher like by trade always like that's what i've always wanted to be that's what i am uh this like idea of uh micro themes Mm
1: -hmm.
0: really just resonates so well with the social studies teacher because what that really is is in my world a simulation i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's uh you know you you set aside your social studies curriculum for a second like the standard you know sort of lecture reading project sort of orientation mm-hmm. and you sort of twist it towards a storyline you tell them like all right we're going to be like on Columbus's ship and trying to discover the new world we're going to be on the Oregon trail making our way to the west right mm-hmm. all of these little mini micro themes where you're putting them on something you're giving them a task to do a challenge to be had and then working towards it and here uh Carrie and i are recording this sort of near the end of the year and my my end of my school year i tend to actually have quite a bit of simulations that i've sort of stacked up uh and this year i don't always do this but this year i'm doing all three like in a row mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've, I've done like two but i've never done three in a row and the kids are loving it um but all of them worked so well. One, I mean, just to quickly sort of breeze through them, but mm-hmm. one of them was this f- teaching about the manor system and the feudal system. And this one I apply like masking tape to my to the floor and I like remove mm-hmm. all my tables and I break my whole classroom up into these little like provinces and I say that I'm the king of all of this. This is our country. And then I get a couple lords to rule over sections of my territories. Mm-hmm. And it's a little like role play. It's a little like theme, like theatrical, if you will. Like we get into it. Like kids working the farm have to like act out working the farm. Kids that are lords <laughs> like get this unbearable pressure that I put on them as the king. The, that I demand sort of like greatness out of their area. And like uh-huh. it's like so crushingly impossible. Uh, but it's fun to be in character. Uh, <laughs> like... I may take my character, King Matera, a little, a little far, Carrie.
1: Never. You? A little,
0: yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, I, I, I take, I take it way too far. And, uh, yeah. So I have to tell you, Carrie, this, this, I literally tell my kids that when I was growing up, we used to play like activities in the street and we had to say like game off and we'd move to the side and then I'd say game on. And I said uh-huh. for this simulation like I uh, when it's game on I'm King Matera and I am not I'm not legally responsible for anything <laughs> that happens. And then when I say game off I'm, I'm your teacher and you can ask me questions and I'm like here to help you. But when I say game on again I'm back to being King Matera. Uh, but kids love it like we get all theatrical and it's like super fun. Then another simulation, I actually just did a YouTube video on tips to creating a simulation. Uh, Uh people should check that out, uh, if they want to. And, uh, that has all sorts of little like things you could pick up that are really like usable in many simulations. But I did one where, uh, there's a huge map and kids are, it's after the fall of the Roman Empire and there's these thousands of micro-kingdoms and they're one of these micro-kingdoms kind of vying for power. Kids mm-hmm. loved that one. It was this cool two-day simulation. And now we're into a uh, kind of a different type of simulation. This one little vignette is that we're on the show Survivor and... <laughs> Uh, we're doing survivor renaissance and so every group was a tr- is a tribe in mm-hmm. this in this vignette and they all got a unique list of people from the middle a- uh, not the middle ages from the renaissance and mm-hmm. they're going to select the character they want to be and then they're going to go up against characters from the other tribe kind of saying why they're the best and the others should get voted off the island kids are super loving this too But all of these little vignettes, I guess the reason I wanted to stack up all three and talk to you about all three Uh is because they're so different. (laughs) Yet kids are loving them. I mean, like the skills that are had, the enjoyment that's had, the workload that's coming out of the students is kind of unbelievable, especially we're recording this at the end of the year. Like, this is Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's finally sunny in Wisconsin, kids. (laughs) tend to trail off here
1: right no and it's really got me thinking you know we um i do tend to stick to my game even when i do some of the vignettes I, I do tend to try to keep it theme like even if we do zombies um that one was zombies but i've done zombies again but they've been stormtrooper zombies to stick with some of the star wars and the space team but you have really got me thinking like we did this whole unit on this africa dig in my ela class and at the end um there wasn't a lot of writing. In this in this unit, and I needed to add some writing into my ELA, so I brought in this picture of a um, of a, uh, a museum like where they bring in the artifacts and check them in. and I put projected the screen on there, and I said, "Okay, you guys are all working for the I can't remember what I named the museum. I took my last name and like rearranged the letters, but I'm like, you're all working for the Baki Museum. You're all um, you know, you're all scientists working in there, and you need to check in these bones." And I had found famous fossils that I knew had enough information that were simple that my students could research, and they needed to um, do research on these bones and create an exhibit, check in the bones, do the research on the story, check it in, and then um, create this exhibit, which was just, for them, it was a slideshow that they were going to make a poster of, um, and then they were going to have a QR code. But it makes me really think, like, that I could have even taken another step farther and really added some game elements to make it even more fun. And then us talking, there's gotta be tons of us out there that are teachers that do the same thing. Take a unit that they love, that they like, or they're doing, and they add this quick little twist to it, to a story, but how could we take it to the next level? Like how can mm-hmm. we add some more, you know, some more game elements to it? And that's what, you know, you've really got me thinking about that museum um, one. I won't come around to it for a couple of years because we I cycle with my students for three years. Um, but it's got me thinking about how I can add those game, those story elements onto just a simple unit in my ELA class, but then add some simple, um, some simple game elements. So that makes me think like when you did your simulations, what I know you've done simulations before, that's where your gamification started, right? Was with simulations. More so or less, in, yeah. the, in these new ones, what elements do you have in them that are more, that make them more gamified than maybe when you previously started? Uh,
0: on my... Well, I guess going back here from what we just said. So in the Renaissance Survivor, Uh I have... It's not just give a little speech and then vote. But you could even say the voting would be some sort of gamified piece because it's giving everyone sort of agency. But on top of that, I do what the show does. Like I had uh, some challenges. So we had this challenge one was meet and greet. They all had to like make a little like brochure about their person and then we kind of like mingled and like groups that, well, one, you got like a point for having the work done. Okay. <laughs> uh, then whoever I deemed, whatever tribe I deemed that the, the sum total of all of theirs was the best would get five points. Uh huh. So like now you have this point structure and then the second best got three points. The third best got two points and the fourth best got nothing. Uh, but if you dressed up in character, you got a point and there's about five or six people to a group. So theoretically, like if you all dressed up, that's the equivalent of taking first place. Sure. (laughs) Uh, so again, those are like game mechanics, game elements there that like they, they could score Well, there was like a little bracket there. And speaking of bracket on this, it's a tournament bracket. So like Uh these four are going up against each other and the winner of that will move forward. So that's another... Uh Game mechanic in the one that was like a really large map where they were like sort of spreading out and building their kingdom up. I added a, quite a bit of game mechanics to that one, but my favorite, favorite one, which I'm excited next year to figure out some more ways to use this. I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know that I'm a huge like board gamer fan, I love board games. Uh, but this concept, this idea of like people taking their turn and like the rest of us are sort of sitting and waiting and that's like classic in a board game that's fine. Yep. But knowing I was going to have a room full of 25 kids like uh-huh. having it be like Carrie and like her partner's oh. turn mm while like 23 of us wait that doesn't seem like a good idea. Right. So what I did was I made there were these three action categories like you could either be taking like a domestic action a diplomatic action or like uh. a warlike action. And then
1: uh-huh.
0: in each category there was like five to eight actions you could take that are like a diplomatic action, right? Or five to six or five, six to whatever, eight military actions you could take and so many uh-huh. domestic actions. So you'd have to set what you were doing, like we are doing a domestic action. And then they'd flip this sand timer and when the sand timer was done, the action executed. Uh, and you were, you started the game with three sand timers. So managing your sand timers so that they were always working, like you had to kind of think ahead, like sweet, that's done. We are collecting taxes. And that means grab like so many of these cubes and do this many things. But then like the quicker you can flip that thing so that it's moving towards the next action, that mm-hmm. that was kind of awesome to see kids kind of like strategizing and planning in the like two minutes that they have to wait for the timer of what they were doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of collaboration there. That mm-hmm. was fantastic. I have done this simulation one other time and this time I decided to like up it even further. Up on the screen I put a Google Doc and then I opened that same Google Doc on my laptop. So you you know I could like be writing on my laptop, not having to look up at the screen but it would be appearing up there. Uh huh. Um, I asked these like little content-based questions that they could earn. The whole point of this was to earn fame points. And like there were so many buildings and actions you could do to earn fame points. But uh, one other way you could earn fame points was answering these questions within the time limit. And I put a timer up there, set uh-huh. the timer. I would type out the question and uh-huh. kids would have so long to like get me get me the answer um, but it was like this awesome sort of fusion of like kind of quizzy uh-huh. collaboratively simulationy like time-based resource based I mean there was a whole lot of game mechanics going on there uh, and I loved it and I loved mm-hmm. it and kids loved it and like kids were like sad to see it go which was always kind of fun
1: right uh, no I can only imagine how how good it felt to prop to have everything like to have all that front work done. Of all that um thoughtfulness and worked on up front and then to let the unleash the game on them and then to be able to sit back and really enjoy what uh, you saw
0: 100 that's the best
1: that's so awesome as a teacher to be able to do that and as a game designer i have to say 100 percent. like, just...
0: like though this game like they were rather easy days for me to do like i mean Ahead of those days, like you said, it was hard. It was a lot of photocopying yeah. and getting these things. Or like, do I have everything set? Do I do they have the info packets they need for this crap? Right. Like boom. But like once it was in play, it was kind of like, well, what what fun thing do I want? <laughs> what that's actually how I added the questions. Like it it really wasn't at the start. It was a two day simulation. It was day two that I was like, well, like. Some of, my <laughs> like, some of my teams were trailing and I thought, like, what's a good catch up mechanism? What's an equalizer I could do? And I kind of I kind of th- threw that in there because the groups that were ahead had more to manage. So throwing a question at them, like they didn't always want to answer the question or couldn't. Or it might not always. have
1: been worth it to them. Right.
0: Yeah. But like the group that's like, well, like because of certain things we're in the middle of a plague or whatever. We only have one sand timer, like, okay, like We got time. So, yeah, let's answer this question. (laughs) Right. And it helped, like, bring the fame points tighter. And then as fame points got tighter, then everyone tried to do the questions. Um, It was kind of fun.
1: Cool. And I love how, like, when you're telling that story, too, and I think that people, I I know you say it all the time. We both say it all the time. And if you, if they didn't catch it, you didn't have everything figured out. Like, no matter how much we plan for our, any of these little venuettes or any of our games, we're not going to have everything figured out. And there's going to be moments, like I remember, even for that simple zombie game, the students were like, well, can we use our calculators? And I was like, well, I didn't think if they could use our calculators. And I'm like, you can use your tools of survival. You know, can we use our notes? Can we use the internet? I'm like, if it's a tool of survival, you can. Can we work together? You just have to beat the zombies. But I feel like you know if you uh, if you're waiting for it always to be perfect you're never going to start but to just come up with a theme and a few of the mechanics like you always say right and then dive right in and just wait for the moments to come up and just roll with them as it goes cuz we're never going to have all the answers there's no way you can predict everything that's going to happen in your simulation right i mean it's you're adding humans to a game so there's always going to be elements of surprise i think um, but I like yeah. how you added those those few things and in, in you know along the way to help it be more engaging.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, that's a really good reminder. Uh, and I know in I'm sure this is like a national wide program that I'm about to like cite and not know it because I am not <laughs> an English teacher. But uh, our English department does this thing about notice and note, um, and it's just a note taking sort of technique. Is as far as I understand, as a socialist teacher, but uh, really, like, I want to play off that. Like, it's uh, what you're saying and what I'm sort of advocating people do is get get it started. It's never going to be perfect. I mean, if you're waiting for that perfect launch, you're just never going to do it. Which that in and of itself is imperfect. So launch it. Launch what you have, uh, and then notice and note. You know, pay attention. You're obviously like a studied professional at your job and you're able to notice and note how your students are performing, now what I want you to do is like take some of your attention and notice and note the pace of the, the game, the pace of the simulation. Notice the vibe that's happening in your classroom. Notice who's engaged and who isn't. What is it about the students? If this is at any point other than the beginning of the year where you really know your students, what what is, what is it something that that kid would need? Uh, are there tasks you could give those kids? I, I had this random event generator and I would always like ask the people to come up and do the random event, but it was like, I was very choosy on who got to do that. I didn't just pick any random student. Like they were the students that seemed to be on the fringe that didn't seem to be enjoying themselves. And then all of a sudden, like many of those students, like just, just that smidge of involvement all of a sudden put them over the edge and said, all right, what are our timers? I'm in, I'm on this. Like, so just take that time to notice a note as a game designer as well as like a teacher.
1: That's a really good point.
0: You know, I like, like that that's, and you guys all have it in you. Like you're, you're actually well trained at this. You just, you just okay. gotta like somewhat change your focal length. Like if I was to use a camera analogy, like you're, you're trained on like the, the teacher side of things in and it and, it uses all the same equipment. So if we just change the focal length to something a little a little zoomed out, a little farther out, that being the game, all of a sudden, like, all your skills work in that realm as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's a really good point. I know that the museum thing is, like, swarming, swarming in my head. Swarming. I'm trying to think of all what I'm going to do with the next time it comes up.
0: Well, like, too, like, another example of, like, little vignettes I've done throughout the year you guys have heard me talk about my adventure paths. And a lot of times those, if you haven't adventures like quick elevator pitch for an adventure path is um, it's it's like an optional things kids can choose to go on that are usually like a little more challenging a little more involved. Uh, and for me, once they choose to go on them, they can't back out. Like the storyline here is like, you've taken this adventure, you're on this journey. You can't like turn back now. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're always a little vague in terms of what you're doing. Like when you have to sign up, there's like some hints, like somebody, some character in my game talks to him and gives him a little hint at what they're going to be doing, but it's not spelled out until Mm -hmm. after they've already said, yes, I'm doing this. Um, but nonetheless, all of those are again, examples of these micro themes. So thinking through some of them to share here, we had a giant one where in Hotep, he is the like architect to the pyramid has gone missing. Mm -hmm. And this was like a giant, almost like breakout box clues scattered around the school that kids had to sort of like figure out and find. And this one was a little less like required. Like you could go on it and you kind of give up. Like you didn't have to do it. I built Mm -hmm. it so it was pretty hard. I built it so that, Ideally, only about like five or six teams out of like the like 40 teams I have like would actually make it to the end. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's all around this idea that he's like lost and like kind of been kidnapped and you're getting these clues, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Kind of on a sub note here, breakout boxes tend to have micro themes itself, right? Like typically there's some storyline there, right? That like something happened. All right, so back to the adventure path. Uh, in my China unit, uh, that one I like talk about how these really powerful jade idols have gone missing and uh-huh. we like, but we don't want to scare anybody. They're like super powerful. So we don't want to like admit they're gone missing. Like we have to sort of help <laughs> the emperor find them. Yes. Uh, and I've sort of hid them around. That's kind of fun. Um uh, My Rome unit is a little bit like you're saying. They have to make a museum. So I say Mm -hmm. that like Julius Caesar has taken over, conquered the sort of Mediterranean. And now he wants to make a museum of like all that's in his empire. Uh Uh-huh. And kids have to like make this museum. But they have to really like theme it out. Like my gamification side of things, they can earn a lot of like badges and like XP.
1: Uh Uh-huh
0: if they don't just make their piece, but if they like make the museum come to life, like come up with a name for museum, make tickets, you know, like make a brochure, make a map, you know. I have five tables in my room. Like theme out that table. Like don't just put like, this is where I sit. So this is where I'm putting my project. Mm -hmm. Like no, no, no. Like all of these things go together. These are all like inventions of Rome. These are all Mm -hmm. like, you know, so like this, I, I say that each table's a room in the, nice in the museum so like what would be in this room you know name this room you know again put it on your map i actually don't tell them any of that stuff like the map and the tickets and this stuff this is the stuff i I let them create that and think that through I, i try really hard not to give them those specific examples that i just sort of laid out for you Mm-hmm. So that so that they are like, hey, guys, we can make tickets. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Like, that's an example of having come to life. But I give them the space to fill that in, you know.
1: Sure. Sure. But
0: but that's a good example, again, of a little micro theme for the unit.
1: Mm hmm. Um, No, we talk too. I love to do, I don't know if there's a technical name for it, but I love to do races in my class too. So like the latest one I have is they're, they're trying to escape this monster that's after them. So they've been, they were locked up in the beginning. The monster took them and they all have these speeders that they're on. Um, And every day we roll the dice and based on what they roll, there are some criteria they have to meet. We call it, we call it the escape plan for the day. So every period, if they meet that criteria, And it can be anything from, um, depending on where my students are at, sometimes it'll be student skills based. Um, We had one that's become a favorite where they roll the dice and they pick from the cards and um, the cards have all of our ELA vocabulary on them. So they pull the card and they have to use that word in a sentence before the period's over in in some random natural way so that they can keep moving along away from the monster. And as they move, they pick up crates and then crates have... Different things that they can pull from, whether they're advantages against the monster or disadvantages, and then there's sure. chests. There's chests that they come upon as they go. Um, so that's just a really low level entry. I know it's not like you know the adventure pass that we're talking about, but for me, um, I find that those kind of like mini vignettes that we go on with our students also add a nice boost to our overall games. Like I'm sure for you and me, I know for me, it's a nice shot of adrenaline in a year long game to bring in something new and fresh you know, for the students to deal with. I had dragons take over a planet earlier on in the year, and they had to learn um, figurative language and what it meant, and they had to solve these puzzles. They had spent a month learning all this figurative language away from class so that they could come and solve these puzzles, and they had to go around the room and connect them. They had to walk around the building and go tell people things so that the people that I had given clues to, they could get the clues from and come back so that they could save these um, these artifacts from the dragons that had taken over one of the planets in my galaxy. So, yeah, just super fun stuff, right? And it doesn't have to be huge either. It can be super simple. It doesn't even have to be big. It could be really big and academic, but I also feel like it can be what your students need it to be, you know? Like if my Our... students need it to be student skill-based, then that's what I make it, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point sort of wrap up to like this episode here that like what carrie and i are talking about these mini vignettes they they one for the large gamifier can be an awesome sort of shot in the arm we can like augment what's needed for the students in terms of abilities and and capabilities and deficiencies things we want to work on uh they they, it could just be a shot of excitement because it it twists that storyline a little bit and for the non-gamifier, like everything we just laid out, steal any of it. like the, these could be your like one gamified unit to start off with, like mm-hmm. to try it out. like take one of these ideas, you know, do the museum idea, but like build it up, like make them have a name, make them have like stuff, right? like so that we see which museum's the most successful. like and you know, like add some points to it. like if you were I don't need to do this because they're already in a gamified world. But if you were to, like, do that, like, see which museum can sell the most tickets, you know, or, like, bring in the most revenue or bring in the, like, coolest, you know, uh, traveling exhibit or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and and build this out, and I guarantee you the kids, kids will love it, you'll love it, and maybe it'll make you look towards larger gamification in the future. Agreed. But, Carrie, we are at reflection time, and... I am excited to hear your thoughts on this one. All right. This one comes from Marilyn Monroe. First time.
1: That's a new one.
0: First time on the show, (laughs) Marilyn Monroe. Uh, But I think this one really fits. She says, it's all make-believe, isn't it? How does that hit you?
1: You know, it reminds me of a, a talk I had with one of my students just uh, a couple of days ago. Um, he was having trouble making some good choices, and I and, they, and he's just like, "This is no fun." And I had to talk with him about his father and his job. And if, if his father didn't, you know, do his job, they wouldn't have money for his house. They wouldn't have money for food. And I and it made me think like, school is a simulation. School is, I mean, it's just like it's this this thing that we tell kids to do so they can get ready for their future. But until they are living their future. It's all kind of just a simulation that we're we're putting kids through. Um, I mean, so a simulation true. that we love, right? Like we're teaching them to be. I mean, our goal is to be the best person that they can be. But school is a simulation. It's all make believe until we, until it becomes reality, isn't it? That just sounds really sad, though. Now I said it out loud, and I love being a teacher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I get what you're saying. For kids, this is all like this is all like pre flight check. I mean. Yes. Yes. Like the cool part is actually like going out there and flying, but they're in a very long pre-flight check.
1: Right. I mean, how often, I mean, my girls are in sixth and seventh grade now and my daughters, and I hear them say, I'm never going to use this in real life, mom. I mean, we hear that all the time, right? And that's just, I kind of that kind of quote kind of speaks to that too, right?
0: Yeah. So for me, what I love about it, it's, so again, to refresh the quote, it's all make-believe, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, for me, I love it because going around and speaking about gamification and trying to get you guys to like love it and see it the way I see it and see its potential the way I see it. I'm often met with this, I don't want to say resistance because it's not that the the teachers don't want to do it. It's that they just haven't wrapped their mind around it yet. And what I love about this quote is I think it cuts to the feeling I have in my heart is like, I know that you already do this because almost any teacher like has these mini vignettes. You know, like I think mm-hmm. about that English teacher who has you write a persuasive essay or pretend to write a letter to somebody or whatever, like whatever the case may be. Like that is a micro simulation. Like you you are saying like why, like, why do they need to be persuasive why chocolate chip cookies are the best? Like that's out of context. That's silly, you know, but mm-hmm. like. Oh, no, like we're going to set this context that we're we're trying to persuade somebody for this. That right there is a tiny micro theme. Like you already do it. I'm asking you to be a little more intentional, maybe a little larger about it, maybe add a little more components. But you already have it. Like it's already there. We're just amplifying it. We're going to amplify that good idea, that good moment a little more. And they're Uh, teaching. And they're sure. So I, I just love it because I, I think it calls it calls us all out. Like you're already doing gamification. You're doing like, but you're like stumbling into it. So it's not as powerful as I would like it to be, but mm-hmm. you're already doing it. So like when you're kind of questioning, like, I don't know if I could pull it off. I don't know if my students would like it. I'd ask you to like question yourself. What are some of your students' favorite units you do? And I argue those are the moments you're already doing more gamification than you're doing in other units. You know, it's the, think about, like, everyone. Here's a perfect example. Everyone, their favorite day in science are the lab days. True. And what are you pretending to be in a lab day? You're being the scientist. You're not reading about it. You're not studying it. You are the scientist in that moment. So, like, I just love it. It calls into question. We all do it now let's just Mm -hmm. do more of it and be more intentional with it agreed good job marilyn good job (laughs) i bet you lives on (laughs) yes exactly i don't think she was known for gamification but maybe now she will uh well carrie thank you so much for being on the show once again Uh, i absolutely love having you
1: my pleasure anytime
0: Everyone else, thank you guys. Like I said, it is truly an honor to be with you guys each and every week. Continue to share it out. Uh, I am super excited. Hive Summit stuff is already coming out there. Get your friends, family, neighbors, teacher across the hall to sign up. Uh, This year we want it to be bigger and better than ever. Uh, We have a great lineup. Uh, So check out that. That's HiveSummit.org. It's free It's fabulous. All it needs is you and about like every person you know to attend. So uh, make sure they sign up. Uh, It would be a great, great honor to have them with us as well. That's all we have for you this week. You guys continue to rock on and be awesome. Peace out.